That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June. Good morning, y'all. It's Sunday, October 24th. October 24th. Wow, it's October already. Halloween's coming up. The year is flying by. But uh, it's a beautiful day to be alive. I decided I'm going to start a new podcast today. Uh, not a new, a whole new podcast, but a new segment. The segment is going to be called Open Tabs. Uh, it is a stolen idea. Oh, excuse me. It is a stolen idea from comedian Burt Kreischer. Uh, it will be a podcast where I go over the things that I've researched during the week and the open tabs that I have uh, on my iPhone. I got a I got a nice quarter full cup of Joe here. If you're listening to this on your morning commute, I hope there's not too much traffic. I actually lied to you guys. Uh, it's not really, I mean, it's coffee, but it's not really coffee. It's two little espresso shots with some milk and creamer. <sighs> Fucking tremendous. Tremendous. All right, let's get started. Open tabs. Julian Ladaskitu, Papa's Corner, uh, segment episode number one. So the first tab that I have opened, this is a tab that I opened a long time ago. I left it open just because uh, I wanted to use it again. But the headline of the page that I'm on is, What is laundry stripping? TikTok's new favorite way to clean. So I saw a TikTok. Uh, it may have, been, may have been a TikTok or an Instagram video of a, a guy or a girl creating this solution with uh, laundry chemicals to clean uh, or strip different articles of clothing and hats. So I specifically looked it up for hats. Uh, what it is, laundry stripping is basically using uh, different, soaking different articles of either clothing, uh, shoes, hats, in a concoction of different uh, laundry chemicals. So based on this page, the ingredients include a quarter cup of borax, a quarter cup of arm and hammer super washing soda, and one scoop of Tide powder laundry detergent. So this is what it says here. It says borax and Arm and Hammer washing soda are laundry boosters that serve to leach out hard water minerals and fabrics, while laundry detergents like Tide contain surfactants and enzymes that will break down and remove soils that build up on fabrics. So what I did was, I okay at the <laughs> at the bottom of this page it says should you do it in a word no. But I didn't listen to that. I did it. Uh, so I mixed these chemicals together <clears throat> in 
my bathtub, plugged the drain, filled the bathtub about a quarter full, uh, maybe a third full, mixed these, these chemicals that I listed in the beginning in, uh, mixed it all together, left the hats in the water, in the solution in my bathtub, and then pulled the hats out once they're soaked, scrubbed them with like a, a hand um, bristle scrubber, scrubbed them, and then I drained the bathtub. I laid the hats down on a, a towel, and I put a fan on them, and they worked. They got rid of a lot of the salt stains in my hats, and they did look better. So, that is open tab number one, not the end of episode one, but the first tab that I had open. Uh, I'm going to keep that open because I plan to do this again. Um, the second tab, what does amp hour mean on cordless tool batteries? So, an amp hour is a unit of measurement that has nothing to do with power and it's totally different unit from amp ear, which is amp hour, the, uh, what is the word? Uh, abbreviation is AH and then amp ear is A-M-P-E-R-E, -E, so it's spelled. Uh, so they're different units of measurement. So what it's saying is, usually if a battery has at least four amp hours capacity, it will be prominently displayed somewhere on the battery. An amp hour describes the capable charge of a battery. So theoretically, we can draw five amps continuously for 60 minutes before our five amp hour battery is drained. That's under ideal conditions. So basically it's how many amps can be drawn continuously for one hour. That is an amp hour in the short. If I got that wrong, um, basically I'm just taking what I'm reading on Google on a page called Out of the Woodwork. If you're listening to this, I got that wrong. Or if there's more explaining that can be done, please reach out to me. Let's go to another another tab. So I researched the word benchmark and what is uh, a benchmark. So a benchmark is a standard or point of reference against which things against which things may be compared or assessed. So use that as example. Uh, let's say you have a product that has a certain amount of defects, or let's say a car. Uh, the benchmark would be the ideal, ideal, um, uh, the ideal way that component or thing should be made with the least amount of defects. So the benchmark would be um, defects under two. Or let's say uh, if you wanted to get into a a job, uh, what's the benchmark to? Uh, what are the benchmark standards that you need? So there are certain standards that you need to apply. Uh, so benchmark is basically a way of measuring things, and that is used as a reference point um, or something to compare to. All right, next tab. 
choosing no 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 rv water filter nah that's not really anything that people care about tank sensors oh i i googled what's wrong with tank sensors so i have an rv I have my three tank, my three tanks. I got my fresh water tank, my gray water tank, and my black water tank. So if anybody doesn't know about RVs, um, I was somebody who didn't know about RVs until I got one. I didn't really understand the the tanks until it was explained to me. So the black water tank is the tank with the raw sewage. That is the stuff that um, basically goes from the toilet to the black water tank. The gray water tank is the bathtub uh, and your sink. So that fills up. That doesn't really have sewage in it. Uh, and then you have your fresh water tank. And these tanks have little sensors in them. Uh, these, When you press a button inside the RV, it has little lights that uh, the circuits open when those... So or excuse me, it may be that the circuit is closed. So that little sensor is inside the tank, and then when the water or when the uh, when there's contents in the tank and they and they go up and they touch that sensor, and then you press the button inside the RV, it'll show that that sensor is being uh, basically touched and that the tank is uh, one-third full. Let's see. Yeah, one-third full, two-thirds full, and then completely full. So like my gray water tank fills up pretty quickly every few days because of like I shower, wash dishes. My black water tank, which is just the toilet, it takes a little bit longer to fill up and then I have to empty those out. And the reason I looked up RV tank sensors is because uh, for some reason mine weren't reading correctly and I figured out it's because there may be sludge or build up on those sensors, uh, causing them not to work correctly. So I'm going to have to figure out how to clean those, uh, how to, yeah, get them to work again. Okay, next tab. How long does an eggshell take to decompose? So the reason I, <clears throat> the reason I, uh, Googled this was because I was having a conversation with two of my buddies, Blake and Braxton, and we were talking about um, what can be put into a garbage disposable. A garbage disposal? Super random. I don't know why we were talking about this. <clears throat> but we were talking about things that can be put in a garbage disposal, and I mentioned how I learned a while back that you're not supposed to put a potato like the skin of a potato in the garbage disposal because the skin is too thick. It's too, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't break down. Like you would have like, a the skin of an apple. Uh, it's a lot thicker. It's rougher. So you're not supposed to put those in. And then somebody mentioned how long an eggshell or if an eggshell can be put into the garbage disposal. Let's see. So let's start with the, the tab that I have open. How long does an eggshell take to decompose? So eggshells ground to a fine powder yield the quickest results, while large chunks of eggshells will take at least a year to break down, making their stored calcium plant available perhaps the next growing season. So I'm reading this from uh, a page from the University of Illinois Urbana Camp Champaign.
let's see, let's do a new tab and let's see, can eggshells be put in garbage disposal? So this is from a page called homeserve.com. It says, eggshells, a shell or two now and then probably won't cause a clog, but Consumer Reports warns that a steady diet of eggshells will eventually lead to buildup and clog your drain. They simply don't break down well as other, as well as other foods. So there you have it. If you use your garbage disposal, be sure not to put eggshells down. Maybe rinse the yolk down, throw the eggshells away. <clears throat> okay. Next tab, vitamin C. So I bought some uh, some chewable. So I like candy. I'm a big candy person. Um, but I know candy's not good for you. So I bought some vitamin C chewable tablets from Costco. And I want to eat them like candy. But I read the directions and it says the max you should consume daily. I think it says one to two daily as part of your diet. Uh, and I know they put on the serving suggested or suggested serving, they put less than the max that you can really take. So I Googled it. I wanted to see what the max was. So let's see here. What happens when you take too much vitamin C? So it says vitamin C is usually safe to take at even high dosages. However, people may sometimes experience mild side effects such as digestive discomfort <clears throat> rarely more serious side effects can occur. So a little explanation on what vitamin C is. Vitamin C is an essential vitamin for the human body. It is an antioxidant and helps with a large range of important processes, including lowering blood pressure, fighting inflammation, and creating collagen. So to get to the question... In adults, the recommended dietary allowance of vitamin C is 90 milligrams for males and 75 milligrams for females. That is, I believe that's daily. Adults who take more than 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C per day may experience side effects. So, if 90 milligrams is the recommended dosage... And you're allowed to take 2,000 per day um, before you may experience side effects. Let's see. So that comes out to 22.22 times the daily average. The little tabs that I have. <clears throat> the little tabs that I have are 500 milligrams. So we're looking at maybe 4 milligrams. Or excuse me four tabs that I can take in a day before I start to have diarrhea, before I have to have, start having diarrhea, some nausea, stomach cramping. So maybe this week I'll give it a test. I'll take five. Uh, that'll be 2,500 milligrams of vitamin C. So we'll give that a test. I will report back with the results on the next episode of Open Tabs. I actually might fuck around and do six tabs that'll be three thousand so i'll be a thousand milligrams over to really push my limits see what happens 
What happens when the vitamin C goes through your body? The body does not absorb all of the vitamin C that it gets from the supplements. So the rest will be... Um, the rest will leave the body in your urine. Also, people who don't really know, when you're... So you know when you go pee and you're dehydrated, your pee is really yellow. But if you take a lot of vitamins during the day and you drink a lot of water or just drink water with it and you go pee, your pee is going to be um, a darker yellow. And that's not because, not necessarily because you're dehydrated, but the excess vitamins that aren't processed and absorbed by your body are actually, um, they leave the body in the urine. So that's why your urine is yellow when you take vitamins. All right, let's see here. And the last tab that I have open is what is an oil-filled heater and how to use it? So I have an oil-filled heater for my my trailer. It looks like a... Fuck, what is that? Uh, somebody told me it too. Um, that instrument that looks like a... Shoot. It has like a piano on it and it looks like a... Damn, what's the word? It like, it, you could pull it in and out and it's like a box and it stretches and then it goes in and let me look it up. I forgot what, what it, what it's called. What's the, what's the instrument called? Um, instrument that is a box and has piano keys. Oh, here we go. Um, nope, that's not it. Wow. There are no... Honer Panther is the name of the company. Accordion. So this heater, this oil-filled heater, looks like an accordion. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but it's called a uh, oil-filled radi... So, okay, if you guys want to see what it looks like, the type of heater I'm talking about, it's called an oil-filled radiator heater. Um, it's basically, it looks like an accordion stretched out. And what happens is oil fills up into the inside, or oil is inside of the, uh, the sealed compartments of this heater. And that oil heats up, and then the air uh, goes by the metal that is filled with oil and basically the air heats up so i'm going to read the description here um, my description is not very good but what is an oil-filled heater and how to use it so an oil-filled radiator typically looks a lot like an old-fashioned radiator the kind you would see <laughs> the kind you would usually see someone beating with a wrench on tv except they're a lot smaller they consist of a series of joined columns or fins, sometimes with open spaces between them, which are attached at the base and fronted with a control panel. So the reason I looked this up um, is because I have one, but I what happened was I was moving some stuff in my trailer. I tipped it over. It fell. I picked it back up. When I plugged it back in and I turned it on, I heard cracking and, and some like popping noises. And I was curious uh, what it what it was or why it was making noises. 
So, uh, when I did this search, I looked it up and it says, sometimes people, sometimes people hear noises coming from these otherwise silent heaters. Popping and crackling noises are normal. This happens as the oil and metal warms up. If your heater has been turned upside down, you might hear a gurgling noise when you set it upright as the oil settles into the channels again. Wait till the noise stops to use the heater. So that was what I learned, that the popping and the cracking noise was all normal and that I just needed to give it some time for the oil to settle. So there it is, folks. Those are the tabs that I had open for the week. Uh, I will try to see what else I learn, see what else I research, and I will check back in next week. Uh, please bear with me. This is the first open tabs segment that I'm doing. Uh, it's new. I'm still learning. I'm still getting comfortable with how to talk and speak on a podcast without somebody else. So doing essentially a solo podcast. I may have uh, guests do this podcast with me so that they can learn uh, as well and we can converse and I can potentially learn things from them while we are going through my open tabs. But again, beautiful Sunday. I hope everybody's uh, day is going amazing. And uh, I appreciate everybody checking this out. I hope you learned something today. And uh, till next time, till next Sunday. All right, see y'all soon.